I'm going to eat today and maybe I'll gain weight, but that's okay. Like it's not as uh, terrifying as people think it is. In fact, it's beautiful. Like, you know, it's society that demonizes weight gain and getting bigger, but really like, like I said before, I'm emanating more joy and energy now than I ever did at a smaller size. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels. If you're an OG listener, welcome back. If you're new, welcome. This podcast is a place to explore 360 wellness by diving into all sorts of topics and listening to the stories of all sorts of people. And today we have one of my absolute favorite guests to date. And I'm not just saying that, I'm being honest here a beautiful soul, Emily of Eat With Care, to share her story, her journey with you all today. Now, I first found Em through our mutual friend, Michaela of Hopeful Living, and I'm so, so happy I did. As you all know from previous episodes, I try my best to openly share my struggles with disordered eating in the past and in the present, and to more so, like, no longer feel ashamed to admit that I'm still like doing the work and you know like I'm no longer afraid to admit that I still have work to do and that's what M is all about and that's what she inspires me and probably many of you listening to do too to keep going and keep keep working towards that future you want for yourself and when it comes to recovery the lines can be easily blurred it's easy to think I'm all better (laughs) when there are actually still issues that you're working through. They're maybe just hiding in your subconscious. And that is what M is all about, sharing her journey to full recovery after realizing she was in pseudo-recovery. And so today's conversation is all about M's journey from pseudo-recovery to the present, and in that, all the struggles of disordered eating and diet culture that she had to overcome in the process and things that she's still working through, right? Like it's a, it's a constant practice. You've got to be committed to the work. So a few of the main topics we dive into include, is full recovery possible? How to identify if you're in pseudo recovery, which was a highly requested topic to discuss with M, and I completely understand why. Um, it probably... For me, I first realized I was in pseudo-recovery two years ago, and that was when I realized I was struggling with orthorexia for years, and then a couple months ago, I realized I was still technically in pseudo-recovery as I'm still working through just like a lot of mindsets around food and my body, and so, you know, this is something that's really relevant, really resonates with me still, and I'm sure many of you as well. Uh, So we really dive into what pseudo-recovery looks like, how to identify it, you know, questions or thoughts to think about, ask yourself to determine, like, is this you? Is this me? What's going on here? (laughs) Um, And in that, we talk a lot about the power of mindset in this process, right? So whether that's 
your mindset around health, your mindset around food, your body, just the beliefs and the habits that come with that. Um, It's very, you know, there's a lot to go with that. Uh, And then also how to work through the struggles of disordered eating. So, you know, Em shares her journey of the binge and restrict cycle and how she really had to work through that. And I love uh, the one thing she says is that like restriction is the true enemy. So many of us think the binge is the quote unquote bad part, the hard part to overcome, but it's actually the restrict part of that cycle. So stay tuned. That's a good topic. Um, And then M also shares how, you know, I really resonate with orthorexia. And if you guys want to hear more about what that is, listen to episode 88, I believe, with Jennifer Rowland. But for M, it was different. It was more, it was less about like orthorexia and obsession with health and more about this shame that she carried around the food she was eating and around this label she put on herself and the others put on her of being quote-unquote healthy. That was something I hadn't heard her talk about before and I found very interesting. Uh, And then another big thing we talk about is weight gain and overall body acceptance and how we view ourselves I think this is a very vulnerable topic for many of us. It certainly is for me. And so talking about it with M, who shares so openly, you know, photos and snippets of her life every day, like that was so refreshing. And I mean, we just talk about everything. We both share from our own personal experience. And I think a lot of what we discuss is actually tangible. You could take so many tips and tricks away from this conversation to help you identify a struggle, work through a struggle in general with this recovery process. Or maybe this episode is just the catalyst, opens you up to the thought of, is this me? Do I have a disordered relationship to health or food or my body? And, you know, that's important because self-recognition The acknowledgement part is one of the first steps to identify and then work through this process, this struggle, this recovery. And so if you follow Em on IG, then you'll know what I mean when I say she is such a beautiful soul. She's helping so many people and doing it just by living and sharing her damn life with us all. I love it. Um, I really think this episode was powerful and that it has the potential to resonate with a lot of you. So please let us know if it does. M is on IG at eatwithcare, linked below, and I'm on there at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. We would love to connect, and without further ado, let's begin. I haven't been as present on there, I suppose, in like the past month and when I was talking with Michaela because she was on and um we were talking about like accounts that inspire us and she mentioned you and I was like why is that name so familiar and I went on Instagram and I was like oh yeah like I I'd seen you like floating around and then I started following I was like oh like you're like a hidden gem I was like I can't believe I didn't like you know what I mean? like I was so happy Michaela mentioned your name because I was like I I love following this girl <laughs> And isn't that funny how, like, there are those accounts that you find and you're like, how have I not been following you? Like, and then you just see the community that they've built. Like, Michaela knew you and then I started following you and then you started following me. And, like, thank God we wouldn't have known had it not been for her. Um, But, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I have to acknowledge, 
out of all the Emilys out in the universe, you are the first one besides me to be on the show. So that is like, and we've had over a hundred episodes. So that is mind boggling to me and definitely shows that this is meant to happen. So congrats. (laughs) You have a great name. (laughs) You too. (laughs) I know it was funny when I was making the questions, I was like, oh yeah, she's like another, she's another Emily. So We've got this. (laughs) We love Emily's. (laughs) Well, I just want to really start in the present moment because I love how you really do that, you know, with your Instagram, everything is kind of day by day. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. So to start off, I'm just curious, like, what are some thoughts or feelings uh, really present for you today in this Mm -hmm. moment where we're in right now? I am feeling really good today. Really, like the buildup of me coming on here, I was really anxious um, and nervous because this is the first thing that I've ever done like this. But I woke up feeling like so excited about this and being able to have this conversation with you and uh, the sun is shining and I'm at the beach and I'm just feeling like gratitude right now for like where my life has brought me. So I'm feeling really good today. And I'm grateful for that, that I don't have to come on here and be like, I'm great. But like in the back of my mind, I'm like, really not. So (laughs) it feels good to feel this way today. I love that. And I truly, I mean, gratitude as cliche and, you know, everyone talks about it. Like it is one of the best feelings, emotions, experiences out there, right? Like there's just nothing that compares to that feeling of like true, authentic gratitude. Totally agree. And, um, So like I said, I'm currently at my beach house and it's so like easy here to feel that way and to feel like a sense of perspective, like, oh my gosh, how lucky am I to be here right now? And like, not to, you know, push my problems aside, but it's easy to focus on the good stuff when I'm like sitting by the ocean and with my family. So do you think you'll like when you kind of go back to whatever like a quote unquote normal would be or just like a different location, different mindset. Do you think you'll struggle to like hold on to that feeling? Or do you think it's something you've kind of built to the point now where you'll be able to tap back into it when you need to? I think at this point in my life, I'm feeling so strong in my recovery and like just where I'm at in my life that I like even when bad stuff happens to me or I'm stressed about school or um, like work, like those are kind of the other things that I have on my plate. Like, I'm like, well, at least I'm not struggling in my eating disorder too much. Like, seriously, I would take like life's problems, like the things that, you know, I struggle with in my day to day over struggling deeply with an eating disorder. So gratitude is easy when you're in full recovery and like really loving it. So, um, yeah. I truly think that's where that saying, you know, we've all heard it. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger because it's kind of like what you're saying where when you can, when you can like go through something and come out of it, you know, maybe a little beat up, you know, maybe it was pretty rough, but nevertheless you came through it. Like you then have those tools, like you know kind of what to expect or how to help yourself the next time that pops up. And I can imagine that like fully embracing recovery is kind of like that in a sense because, you know, it's not saying that every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows, right? It's, but it's now you have the tools and the mindset to then work on those days. 
Exactly. And I have the energy and like the rational thinking where um, stress in my day-to-day life does not send me into those spirals like it used to when I was not nourishing myself properly. Because if you're not, you know, if you're restricting or binging or using behaviors, your brain doesn't work how it's supposed to. But now that I'm like eating regularly, eating lots of food, um, I just think so much more rationally. I'm so much kinder to myself and to the people around me. And so like, I just have so many more good days now than bad. And it's like, honestly, I never thought that I could get to this point, but here we are. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, you're breaking that cycle. Like you're finally able to break the cycle of disordered eating. Yes. Yeah. It's been a long road, but truly like the past um, couple of months like I've just really settled into my own like after a really long fight with my eating disorder it was not like an, you know a short journey and I chose recovery and then I ended up here like but truly the past little bit of time has just felt really really good so and just proves to me full recovery is real and it's so worth it <laughs> for all of us well and you know on the topic of full recovery and kind of really embracing that as you mentioned on Instagram and what kind of started this journey that connected us and, you know, why we're talking today is just you being so open and willing to share about, you know, what it was like coming out of Suedo. Is that how you say it? Suedo <laughs> recovery? Pseudo. I, <laughs> my therapist called it pseudo and I trust her. So <laughs> probably I'm always, I switch up letters and pronunci- I pronounce things the weirdest ways. So um, pseudo, that sounds much better. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I guess now that we can, now that I can say it, right. How did you like first start to realize you were in pseudo recovery? Because I think that's one of the hardest parts, right? Is that like recognition, acknowledgement of what's going on? Yes. So I think I always knew. Um, so I've been in recovery for six years and I think I always knew in the back of my mind, you're not fully recovered because you have restricted eating times. Sometimes you're hungry and you won't let yourself eat. You're still really afraid of gaining weight. Um, You're still obsessed about how your body looks. Um, And it was just those things like that, those uh, thought processes about food in my body that I had just gotten used to. And I was like, well, at least this is better than like uh, restricting and binging all the time. Like I'm still eating and I'm at a healthy weight. Um, but it was in those nights where I would go to bed hungry and like not go get a snack or when I would, uh, have an event going on in like a month and be like, Oh, I should like lose a few pounds for that. Like that's when I realized I would never think this before I developed my eating disorder. And that's my goal. Like, and I really think that that's what full recovery is. And I'm lucky that I have like my life before my eating disorder and then my life during because I know that I can get back to that place, but I don't want to think about food like at all. And I really think that that's what full recovery is. It's, you know, and not really putting thought into your body in, I mean, thinking about your body in a positive way, but just not like, I just think about my pre-ed self and that's when I want to get back to. And I think that pseudo recovery is like restricting in very little ways, or at least that's what it was for me and obsessing over my body that I just knew uh, I have to make a final push to full recovery. 
It's so powerful. And, you know, even as you're talking, I'm just nodding along because that's so, so relatable. And I think especially, you know, I'm on Instagram and that sort of health wellness sphere, you know, however you want to say it. And I've, you know, in recent episodes really owned up to the fact that it's similar to what you're sharing, like these little things that similar to, you know, right, like we can make progress in recovery but still have, you know, more to go. And I think sometimes it can be easy to get wrapped up in the thought of like, wow, I haven't like physically quote unquote restricted for, you know, two years now. And I haven't binged in this long or I haven't done those. And it's like, that's great. But those are kind of like the extremes, right? And we want to work on like the nitty gritty little things, such as those lingering thoughts of, oh, it's late. I'm just going to sleep rather than eat something. Or, you know, like, oh, I already had, however many cookies today, you know, I don't need another, like these little invasive thoughts that I think they almost become second nature, right? Like we don't even realize they're going on at times. Yes, no, definitely. And, um, I had to really assess like the intention behind my restriction, I think, because I think that, um, it's very possible for people to be fully recovered and, um, eat in ways that are optimal for their digestion. Um, so I really think that like, whether that's like restricted eating times that might work for them or cutting out certain food groups, as long as the intention is good. But my intention was always about my weight. Like still every food choice that I was making, it was about don't gain any more weight or try to lose a little bit of weight. Like it, and so I was just, still so hyper-focused on my physical appearance where that just leaked into like every food decision that I made. Whereas I want to get to the point of when I sit down to eat a plate of food, I'm not thinking about how that's going to affect how my body looks. It's more like, oh, this is what I want right now. And if I gain weight, like, okay, like that's, (laughs) you know, whatever. So that's was still my thing. I was just so um, focused on weight loss, weight gain, and just fear of that. And so I had to really like check in with the intentions behind that. I love that. The intention is so, so crucial. And I I really like what you pointed out there because that's something I've also, you know, openly admitted to struggling with is finding that balance of when you have, you know, maybe legitimate health concerns or diagnoses, but then you also, you don't want to fear foods, right? Like you don't want to be restricting, but it's like, where's that in between? And I think intention could be possibly like that missing piece, right? Like identifying the true intention behind what foods you have in your life and what foods you don't have in your life. Um, And I I think that's, you know, powerful too, is sometimes we don't want to admit like, you know, similar to what you said, like, am I eating, am I choosing to not eat this because it genuinely doesn't sit well or whatever it is, or is there like some part of us that fears weight gain or feels that it's too high in sugar or that it's too many carbs, like whatever diet thought that comes into our mind. Right. And I think uh, tuning into that intention could be like a really powerful missing piece to that, that puzzle really. Totally. And I, I mean, it's so sad that we live in a world that normalizes restriction, like to the, like to so many extremes, like if, and it just, it gives you excuses for restriction. Like, oh, um, I'm gluten-free because that's, you know, I read that that's healthy or whatever. Like it just, and so it's, it was very easy for me to shove my like issues under the rug because I was presenting as being so healthy and, you know, uh, part of the wellness community and whatever, but I'm like, 
little does everybody know like how deeply I'm struggling in my mind right now. Like, yeah, I'm eating avocado toast all the time, but like, I really want like a muffin for breakfast, but I won't let, and that's not healthy. Like, so I really, it feels good to be coming out on the other side of that because that's not a good feeling um, to, I think be restricting, but have it be like normalized and then be like, well, I guess this is my life. Like, so it's possible to come out the other side. Would you identify with like the entire idea idea of orthorexia then in that sense of kind of using health as a, a cover up or as an excuse for these behaviors? I think I don't, um, I don't think that I would like identify myself as that because I still would eat, um, I wasn't really afraid of eating things like pizza or ice cream, um, but it was more like I like hid that and I wasn't comfortable eating them in front of other people. So I personally would allow myself to have those foods, um, but just like not necessarily as often or I just still have so much shame associated around it. But um, I'm lucky that I never really like feared those things or how they would affect my health. Yeah. Okay, well, if you don't mind, then let's discuss like that idea of food shame, food guilt, because I think that is so important. And, um, you know, whether it's in the sense of you won't even allow yourself to eat those foods because you feel like preemptive guilt, or if it's the guilt you feel afterwards, or similar to what you said, like you wouldn't, you didn't want people to know you were eating those foods. And that's, you know, that's not any fun. Um, So what, you know, kind of like what helped you move through that process where you really worked to release that shame or the guilt that came along with those foods? Just by eating them, <laughs> eating them in front of other people and also sharing that on Instagram. So my Instagram started out, I just was so, so I struggled with anorexia and then binge eating for a very long time. Uh, and when I struggled with binge eating, I did so in private for a very long time. I was binging like every single day for like eight months, I want to say, before I told anybody about it. And that's because I felt so much shame around eating food because I had been the anorexic and now suddenly I was binging all the time. And I was like, this is the worst possible thing that I can do as a human. I am worthless and disgusting. So I, that's how I developed so much shame around eating. And so when I started my Instagram, I would uh, say have like a smoothie in the morning and then avocado toast in the afternoon. And I would share those things by posting them. But then if I had a cheeseburger at night, I wouldn't post it. And it just fed into this idea that this is the ideal way to eat that the wellness community presents. It's clean eating, gluten-free, dairy-free recipes. And that's all you see when you go onto like wellness Instagram. So how can you not feel shame around eating, you know, pizza? And it's not like anybody outwardly was like, you're gross if you eat pizza, but it's this underlying, like, don't share that on here. Or if you do, it's a big deal and it's a big treat or whatever. So um, my Instagram definitely fed into that. So that compounded with all the shame that I felt from recovering from binge eating it was a pretty perfect storm, (laughs) I would say. (laughs) Yeah, no, and what it makes me think about is, at least for me, it's always felt like with the disordered eating, right? Like, I've talked about this before, and I'm sure you could, you know, kind of resonate with the idea of how much of it is mental and emotional, and how much of it goes on internally. And for me, at least, it really felt like in the 
real depths of my disordered eating journey, it was almost, you know, like two sides, right? Like two Emily's, the one that the world saw. And then, like you said, the one inside that's just like (laughs) shit is like, you know, blown in the wind. Like it's so bad. Like what's going on? And, you know, I think part of recovery is really becoming one again, right? Like not hiding those parts of you, but also like showing the world the, the actual you, right? Like all the sides of you. And like when you were explaining how you would not share like the cheeseburger, just feel shame about showing those types of food. Like that's what it makes me think of, right? Like that internal shame we carry as like a separate entity inside of us versus that kind of like outer shell that's quote unquote healthy and all this, all these labels, you know, we put on ourselves. Right, exactly. And that just amplified my restriction um, just because I was being reinforced on social media for my eating habits. Um, Therefore, I was just like feeling even more embarrassment for eating other foods outside of that like typical wellness diet. Um, And it was just a cycle that I knew I wanted to get out of because I didn't want to feel embarrassment anymore about what I was eating. And I think it became a problem, like was highlighted a little bit more to me when like my friends would come up to me and be like, oh my God, I saw this like acai bowl recipe and I immediately thought of you or like, oh, I like follow this gluten-free, dairy-free blogger and like they just reminded me of, of you. And I'm like, little do you know that I eat pizza just as much but I'm like so ashamed to share that with you. And I don't want, like, that's not me. I'm not a proponent of like gluten-free vegan living personally for me. So like, that's when I realized I was like, wow, I'm really hiding a big part of myself. Um, And I, you know, I want to be known for my intuitive eating and food freedom and, you know, so yeah. Oh, that's so, so true and resonates just so deeply. And similar, you know, like I grew up in a small town. I was literally like the quote unquote health girl in high school. You know, like people just, the the comments you'd get, right? About like food or your body or how good you look or people wanting to know your, like what you do or what you eat. And, you know, during those years of disordered eating, like that was all fine. And then coming out of it, like even in the past year, people will say things to me and I'm like, I get ashamed of that. Like I'm ashamed that people think of me in that sense of like, oh, they want to lose weight or, you know, like what food should I be eating to do this or do that? And I'm like, I don't want people to think of me that way. Right. Like, like you, you know, I, I want to be someone, I just want to be, you know, Emily, I don't want to be like that label. Um, and I, I think that's a part of it. A lot of us, you know, don't always see is like, how are people perceiving us? Right. Like, do they think of us as, you know, the health or the diet or whatever type of label, you know, that we kind of build for ourselves. Right. And I was feeding into toxic diet culture. And it was very evident to me in those comments from friends and family just about how much they admired me for my healthy eating. And I was like, that is diet culture. And I don't, um, I don't want to contribute to that. And that was a really big, I mean, I just, my heart, like, I resonate so much with people, oh, you're the health girl or whatever. It's like, oh my gosh, like, and then that's pressure on you. So you're like, well, of course I can't share that I had a cupcake because people think of me as like the healthy one. So, and then the shame builds and the restriction builds and the behaviors amplify and it's just a terrible cycle. So um, I really get that. Right. And I think, 
something else that comes to mind is that when people are saying those types of things to us, in my mind, I see those as a sort of praise. And the difference between praise and affirmations, for instance, is that praise has a sort of judgment with it, right? So it's either like judgment on you or judgment on the person saying it. So those people are saying, you know, like, oh, I admire your motivation or whatever, you know, those diet (laughs) toxicity comments would be. It's really like a praise of them placing that judgment on themselves, right? Because they're saying, you do that and I don't do that. So you're, you're above me, you're better. And that's just so, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're affirming somebody for who they are, their strengths. So that's what I always think of too. Like, are, are you praising someone or are you affirming them? And is someone praising you? And in that case, like what judgment, right, is attached to that, that comment or that praise? Yeah. And it's, uh, the judgment, you know, even if it's like a good judgment, again, it places this like, and I'm blanking on the word, but this like hierarchy on wellness and, and like, that's not the epitome of health that we all think it is. Like there's some real, yeah, like ask anybody in that kind of realm and I'm, sure that they'll say that they're going through some stuff, you know, but, you know, it, it presents as health and perfection and whatever. And, um, it's yeah, tough. no, no, I love that. And I guess kind of going back to when we started this on the pseudo recovery journey, if anyone, you know, they're listening to us talk about this right now and they're like, Ooh, like this is maybe bringing up an alarm bell, you know, something they're like, I don't know, maybe this is like resonating a bit too much with me what are some thoughts or questions or just something you'd urge people to ponder on if they're thinking like, is this me? Am Mm -hmm. I in pseudo recovery? Am I sort of hiding behind this health identity just to get people something to think about and to really, you know, question for themselves? Yeah. Um, It's definitely scary, I think, to come to that realization. So don't be afraid. I think like if you're recognizing that like you might have some things to work on that in itself is a really good step in the right direction. So that's something that I really dealt with. I was so scared and sad and like really pitying myself at the beginning of all this. Like how the hell am I not fully recovered yet? Like that can be a really scary thought to have. So you're going to be okay. We all are as am I, as are you, Emily. Like, so that's first things first. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest question that I asked myself is again, what is my intention behind this? Um, And if it was fear of certain foods or fear of weight gain, that was a red flag for me that that is not normal intuitive eating. So Um, also maybe asking yourself, like, what did life look like before my eating disorder or before I developed disordered eating? Was I really into, um, you know, vegan gluten-free eating? If so, okay, maybe that's, maybe that works for you. But if not, check in with yourself and like, think about your childhood, you know, memories and self and like you as a little kid, um, it's possible to get back to that, right? Like we're born as intuitive eaters and then diet culture muddles that for us, (laughs) but it's really possible to get back to that mindset, I think. So uh, it was mainly like those two things, checking in with my intentions and thinking about life before the eating disorder, life before diet culture ruined food for you. (laughs) And if, you know, the intentions are about weight loss or fear of food, then you know, I think that that's 
pseudo recovery. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's the truth. And, you know, when it comes to that food aspect of it, you know, like you mentioned before that you were never like, you didn't fear these foods per se, but you had that shame or guilt around them. And I'm just wondering, like, in the general scope of things, was there anything in particular that helped you with that first step of breaking the restrict binge cycle? Because I mm-hmm. think that that can be kind of like a big, a big step to take, a big step to overcome, and then start experimenting with the more intuitive, what do I actually want to eat type of eating mindset. <laughs> yes. Um, so I struggled with binging and restricting for like four years, I want to say. So it takes a very long time. Um, and it's a hard question to like wrap my head around. Cause I'm like, what did happen? Like what worked? I wasn't away in treatment. I really did all of this on my own. Um, as far as like recovering from the binge restrict cycle. Um, so I think for me, it was like the number one thing was to eat after a binge. So my cycle was always, I would binge and I I would restrict throughout the day and then binge again. So my, I knew that I had a problem. um, And so that was a good first step to me to be like, oh my gosh, I have a problem. And I know that like, I am meant to recover from this. So that was like number one. Number two was yeah, just eating those days after a binge. So I used to binge every day, binge and restrict every single day. And then I would have like one day of me eating a little bit more normally. And then I would binge the next day, but I had one good day. (laughs) And so that, like I held on to that and you just have to keep going and like those gaps will widen. And it really, it was a very subtle change. Like I don't, I don't even remember like the day of my last binge just because the change, like, um, it wasn't like a marked thing for me. Like, Oh, this is my last binge. It was kind of like, suddenly I woke up and I was like, wow, I have not binged in a long time, but it's cause I kept eating. And I think that people in recovery from binge eating are so afraid that they're going to eat too much or binge again, which really, I don't think that that's the worst thing that you can do. I think restriction is the enemy. Um, if you struggle with the binge restrict, restrict cycle in recovery from binge eating, like accept the fact that you will binge again and that's okay. Binge, but keep eating and like normalize that almost. And like, um, and I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not a you know professional. We know this, but <laughs> um, that for me, because restriction was the root of it, that's the only thing that I could do wrong. So even if it felt like I was binging, keep eating. Um, and yeah soon you right. will be able to trust your body again. Yeah, because I mean, fundamentally, the binge is triggered by the fact that your body and your mind, you know, everything in your body is screaming for more nutrients, for more food from the restriction, right? So I think so often we focus on fixing, quote unquote, you know, the binge, when, as you said, like rec- restriction, I, I think is that root cause because it's it's sending out all the signals and all the alarm bells to your body. You know, I need more, I need more, I need more. And if you can root, you know, work on that root things, I I just feel like that's when things start to progress. And as you mentioned, it's not a quick fix. It's, It's so gradual and similar to you. Like I, I guess, you know, I haven't talked about this too much, but it was for me about three, four years where I would go, you know, months of restriction and then months of binging. And it was a, it was a cycle for me in that sense. And, it took, it took time and just gradual acceptance. And like you said, working on that root cause of restriction and then the binging. Yeah. Like I can't 
remember the last time I, you know, like actually binged and I just can't, you know, like I can't even think of it because it was such a gradual process of just like it weeds out as you start to eat semi-normal again, intuitively, you know, again. Um, So I think that's like something to remember, right? Is it's just, it's not a quick fix. Yes, exactly. So um, yeah, I mean, and that sucks. It sucks that there isn't a concrete answer to this problem because if you're in the binge restrict cycle, it literally feels impossible to get out of. Like it really does because you try to eat normally, but then you restrict a little bit because you're so used to that. And then you end up binging and then like it, it's seriously like, I swear that that was like the darkest point in my life. Like not even when I was like in the hospital for anorexia, it was when I was binging and people thought that I was okay because I was at a healthy weight. Like that was a very dark time. So if you're struggling with that, like listening to this, I just like, my heart seriously goes out to you, but it's very possible to get out of that cycle. You just have to keep eating. Restriction is the enemy, like keep eating. Yeah. I just, I really think that restriction is the only thing that you can do wrong if you are trying to get through the binge restrict cycle. Yes. No, that's, key everyone that is the key piece (laughs) to take away from this (laughs) um and then yeah yeah Mm -hmm. no it is and you know just as you know I feel like the restrict and the binge cycle is a big mental emotional side of the equation and then like the other physical more physical side of the equation that also has the mental emotional roots is the body changes right and the physical appearance and the the healing of your physical body, right? Like giving it what it needs. And you did a post the other day sort of differentiating between what weight gain meant in pseudo recovery versus what it means now, right? Like the difference between full acceptance of it. So I'd love if you could just speak on that a bit because that really um, resonated and that's something, you know, I'm actively working through and you just put it so, so eloquently. So I think for me, I truly in the past, I want to say month, have really experienced like full body acceptance. And it's like shocking to me because I'm like, wow, I'm at a like higher weight, but I love my body even more than I did when I was restricting. And I think it's because now that I'm practicing full recovery, I'm reaping the mental benefits of that. Like I am so much kinder to the people around me. Um, I am so much like funnier. I am more creative. I am more focused, motivated when it comes to school. And those are the things that like make me beautiful. And I feel more beautiful now because I'm like feeding my personality. And I know that that radiates in my body. So it's not like I really look at my body and, I necessarily, um, I don't even want to say that. I really do feel like I love my physical appearance, but it's because I'm eating enough to where I have the energy where I'm like fostering who I am on on the inside and that radiates outwards for me. And I had a conversation with my mom the other day and she was just telling me that. She's like, you are so beautiful at this time in your life because you're just like, overcoming and like that's what people see they don't see your body they see like a kind um just like beautiful person 
but it's because of who you are on the inside. And so if you're recovering from an eating disorder, like, I don't think the end goal should necessarily be like, oh, I'll look in the mirror and I will love the form of my body and like how my face looks. But you will come to love your body because your personality will come back and you'll realize, oh my gosh, this is what makes humans beautiful. And like, that's truly how I feel. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's how I yeah. feel. About it. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Because it was kind of like what you were saying in the caption is that like in pseudo recovery, right? Like you, you were like, oh, I'll do weight gain, but you wanted it to be a specific way. Like, right. Like the, the appearance, like you were still focused on the overall appearance and physical form. And then the difference now is exactly what you just explained, where it's like, you see you, like you see Emily as like a whole person with like your soul, spirit, personality, just like shining through. And it's so, it's so true that I feel like that is like the essence of true acceptance, right? Because you're seeing your like full form as like united, you know, it's like mind, body, and spirit. It's not just like, there's my body. And I feel so similarly where it's just like, it's shocking sometimes. Like when you are starting to recover or you are recovered and you just look at yourself and you're like, I am like, I love it. You know, like I'm radiant. Like people are attracted to that energy and that personality. And you just have this glow about you. And I think that is so special, right? To have that like union of, like I said, mind, body, soul. I just, oh, I love it. So yeah. (laughs) I think definitely like in pseudo recovery, another thing was like, yeah, I did love my body in pseudo recovery, like when I was there, but I was terrified of it changing. So I, that was the thing I would eat in a methodical way. Like, oh, I love myself, but I, if I gain five pounds, like no way. So like full recovery is, um, you love your body, but are totally 100% okay with it getting bigger. And like that, I think, I don't think that I'm a hundred percent there. I'm more there than I have been in the past of just being like, yeah, if I were to gain weight, like, okay, because I know that my physical appearance is not what makes me, me like, and that's what you realize in recovery because in an eating disorder, that's all that matters is food in your body. And that's not what life (laughs) has to offer you. So. Right. It's like, because if you are not at that place where you're willing to accept change in any form, the moment that change starts to happen you fall back into the cycle, right? And that's, that is the cycle of, of everything, right? Like the moment we start to see change, we either embrace it, we face the fear, we start a new chapter, or we fall back and we continue the cycle. And that's just what it is. It's a constant cycle of like work, 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 fear comes up, change comes up. What do you do? And that's like your choice to make. Like that's, I feel the choice of recovery is, are you going to break that cycle or are you just going to ride it for another loop around? <laughs> oh gosh. Wow. Yes. I resonate <laughs> with that so much. And for so long, I was just looping back around. I would get a little bit better and then I would gain some weight and I'd be like, oh no, 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 this is way too hard. I'm going to restrict now. Um, and then it, you're so right. It's like, you just have to grab like today by the freaking horns and be like, you know what? I'm going to eat today and maybe I'll gain weight, but that's okay. Like it's not as uh, terrifying as people think it is. In fact, it's beautiful. Like, you know, it's society that demonizes weight gain and getting bigger, but really like 
like I said before, I'm emanating more joy and energy now than I ever did at a smaller size. Yeah. You're just like taking full advantage of everything life has to offer. And that's like the greatest gift we could, we could ever receive, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I am curious because you are on Instagram and you share so openly when it came to, you know, like recovery and you knew your body was changing. And for a lot of us, that can be, as we are discussing, hard to accept, hard to acknowledge. And, you know, I think there's kind of this in between where I'm just curious to hear your thoughts, like during that time when your body was changing and you were gaining weight, Mm -hmm. how, like, how important do you think it is to see our body, be with our body, kind of like the idea of exposure therapy, for instance, versus, you know, something that I think a lot of us kind of believe in, kind of get the message shown of us of, you know, like distract or cover up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I think there's room for both, but I'm just curious for you, like, what's, what's your thoughts on that idea of, you know, a distraction cover up versus like exposure to our bodies during that stage? That's a really good question. And I like what you said about there's a time and a place for both, because I really believe that. Um, At the beginning of my recovery, um, when I first came home from treatment, um, my family took every mirror out of my house. We did not have mirrors. We crossed out all the sizes on all of my clothes. Um, It was because I was in such a vulnerable place in my recovery. So I think that in early recovery, it's very healthy to distract yourself from that. And to it's okay if you can't look at yourself. Like, that's okay. You don't have to be strong enough to do that, like, at the beginning. My Instagram now, I mean, you know, I post a photo of my unposed body every single day. And that's what I need right now in my recovery because um, I know that for so long I've like just hid from my natural form um, and it's very difficult to put myself out there, but it's been very liberating. And so I think that if you're able to get to that point of like, you feel strong enough to share those photos of yourself or put that mirror back up or you know, wear those shorts, like it's, it's really liberating. So I'm lucky to be in a place of like feeling a lot stronger, but there was definitely a point in my recovery where like, uh, hiding from my physical appearance was honestly the healthiest thing that I could do. Uh, cause I think it would have been way too triggering, but yes, yes, because I, I agree. I think there's times where, you know, being able to see your body, your form or, you know, anything like that, it can be very triggering. And if you need to just take like the first basic step in recovery, you do not need to be getting triggered every time you see your body, right? Like you said, it's a very vulnerable spot and you're already being strong just by choosing recovery. So it's like, give yourself a little break. I had those stages too, right? It was like all like oversized clothing and yeah, like no mirrors for me. Like I just avoided them. Um, And it hasn't been until the past probably six months really that I'm like, I need to see myself. I need to be with myself. And it's been so nice this summer, just like wearing a sports bra at my house, like for the first time in my life, not wearing a shirt, a loose tank top to cover up. And it's just so neat. If you can get to that place where you sit down and you see, you know, like your stomach rolls, you see how your body shifts and forms in different positions. And it's just like, okay, like this is me sitting. This is me standing. This is me bending over. This is me laying down. Right. And it just, if you can get to that place, I think there is a power in the exposure and it is liberating, like you said, because it's, 
it's kind of like peeling back another layer of I'm not hiding behind this anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to cover this up. Yes, totally. And I think, um, well, first of all, I really relate to that like sports bra thing. That's something that I've been doing this summer is if I'll go for like a walk on the road in public, I'll wear a sports bra and leggings. I would never do that. But nobody's berating me on the street. Like, or if they are, I would just say, screw you. Yeah. (laughs) The world doesn't explode when you do those things. Like you are so much more focused on your body than anybody else is. But I think the other like piece of that is making sure that you're not like, it's one thing to, you know, walk around in a sports bra or sit down with your stomach rolls out. But the thing is like, you can't go back to the ed in those moments. Like that's not enough. It's exposing yourself to that, feeling the mental discomfort of that. And you still need to, you know, eat. And so I think that that's definitely, uh, something that I had to accept. It was like, okay, um, it's not enough just to post a photo of yourself and like that. And then you can just rest and like, that's your recovery work for the day. It's like, no, feel the discomfort and like eat a piece of pizza, you know? So. No, yeah. I, I literally, as you were saying, I literally, I remember the first time that I decided to sit down and eat a meal just in my sports bra, you know, and this was probably three months ago. And I looked down and I saw my stomach and for a minute I was clenched in so much fear. I was like, I, am I hungry? I was like, all these thoughts came up and I was like, holy hell, like this, this shows me, you know, work needs to be done. Right. And it took, it took days of doing that. And yeah, like you said, you can't, yeah, don't let that trigger you back into the cycle. Um, because it, it can happen. Like, you know, even me, I've done, I think a, quite a bit of work, but it still came up for me. And that was, yeah, that was like a big moment. So it's, it's true. Exactly what you said. Like, Oh, there's a lot to this entire process, but everyone, you can get through it. (laughs) It's true. And it's so, it's unfortunately very normal to like literally feel those physical sensations of like panic and Mm -hmm. like your body image is so debilitating and the ed thoughts are so loud. And you're like, like at the beginning of this, like all in process, even like a month and a half ago when this first started, I literally was like crying after every meal. Like that's how terrible I felt on the inside. But I knew I was like, Emily, you have tried using the eating disorder (laughs) to like make you feel good for so long and look at where it's led you choosing recovery. So like, just keep working. It's extremely hard work, but, um, you gotta do it in order to get better. Right. Right. And if, if, if not now, when, right? Like, do you want to be doing this a couple years when you're trying to start a relationship or get into a job or whatever it is, right? Like, like we need to, we need to remember, like, you know, time is, time is moving. And if we don't do this now or very soon, you know, when is it going to happen? Right? Like that's, that's another question to think on too. Exactly. Yeah. And that eating disorder is such a good manipulator into telling you, well, uh, restriction will bring you long-term peace now. And if you lose five pounds, you'll be happy. Trust me. Or if you restrict this time, you won't binge. I promise. Even though you've done that for the past six years straight, I promise this time it'll be better. And like, I just had to realize like, you're lying to me. And that's not like, those are just false. Like, it's just not true. Like, (laughs) you know, the eating disorder is a very good liar. So I'm grateful to be able to separate that voice now and know that recovery is what's going to bring me lasting joy. And it is. We need to be aware of 
what voice, what thought, what belief is our own and what is, you know, eating disorder, disordered eating diet culture, because it is, it's, it's an energy. I mean, it is an entity in our bodies and our minds and it, it takes up space. It distracts us. It manipulates us. Um, so yeah, I think thinking of it in that way and being able to distinguish, like, I don't know if this is my thought or a diet culture thought. I think that can be really pivotal too. So I love how you said that distinction. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> now we've highlighted quite a bit of, I guess, like positives that have come of this journey so far, but I'm just curious, you know, you put a question box in your story and we both loved this question that came up, but has there been any other just overall, you know, good, like positive that has come of this all of this, you know, like all in full recovery journey that you just want to share so people can realize like, this is what life has to offer when you choose this. I know. I really loved this question and I was thinking about it (laughs) and my answer. And it's just truly everything. Like everything in my life is so much better. When I wake up in the morning and I have a cup of coffee with creamer and I don't have thoughts telling me that, oh my gosh, that's like 60 extra calories. Like uh, it's, that is beautiful. Or when I walk around in a sports bra and I don't have thoughts of like, oh, your stomach isn't as taut as like the girl next to you. That is so free. Like everything in my life has been affected positively by my recovery. And I think especially in like how I relate to the people around me, like that's probably one of the number one gifts that recovery has given me is like, like I said before, I'm so much kinder, um, more compassionate more understanding of what other people are going through, less sensitive, more rational. I don't know, like funnier, like I said before, like I just laugh a lot more. Yeah, so it just, it's positively affected truly everything in my life. Like, cause when you have an eating disorder, there's a dark cloud over everything. Like you wake up and everything is bad. Like there's just not like one part of your day that brings you genuine joy. And then in full recovery, once you get over that like difficult time where recovery sucks, (laughs) full recovery when you're really like on the other side of it is like just more beautiful than I could have even imagined. And it's real. It is real people. Like if you don't believe it, like I did in the past, like I'm telling you if I can do it, so can you. (laughs) Right. And I think, you know, what I want to highlight of that is that you said, you know, recovery has positively impacted everything, all the little things, you know, that you just mentioned. Um, And that's also to point out that disordered eating impacts and affects everything, all those little things, you know, things we don't think about, the humor, the mental clarity, the feeling of genuine joy, um, you know, laughing till your stomach hurts and crying tears of joy and like all these little things that we don't even realize we're missing, right? And they're given back to you. They're restored the moment that you can choose to really recover. So that's, uh, I just love it. You are such, I just, I owe so much love for you. I loved this conversation. (laughs) I know, me too. Well, where can people find you and follow along? Because you are truly like my, you're your top rank right now for favorite accounts to follow. And I'm just resonating so deeply. So I want everyone to find you. <laughs> well, I feel like a celebrity or something. <laughs> I'm like, <"Sorry." laughs> um, I have an Instagram. It is 
uh, Instagram.com slash eat with care. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's all. That's the only source on there, but I post all we need. <laughs> it's all about full recovery. So yeah, I love it. Perfect. <laughs>